Hi, and welcome to the Road to Sustainability show. Today, my guest is Deborah Hagar. Deborah founded the Coalition for Quality Affordable Healthcare, a collaborative in new systems and models of healthcare with physician leadership, the hospital industry, county and city leadership, labor, business, and consumer groups. Deborah has also established the Foundation for Sustainable Communities, a private nonprofit organization that is driving economic growth and development of high-value jobs through the establishment of an analytic center of excellence in partnership with IBM. I would love to have some tips, some tricks about, you know, how to behave, how to be a woman, how to be a leader, to share with our listeners that mostly we have 75% women listening from all over the world. Um, and Amazing. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's tremendous. Um, and I feel that we have so much to share on an ongoing process because, you know, it's, it's, it's not done. We have a lot to do uh, on the road. I feel that we need to reinforce, to share everything that we have, actually, in terms of vision, motivation, mindfulness. It's really important. So, um, so thank you, Deborah, for being here with us today. Excellent. My pleasure. And thank you for the invitation and your leadership on this is out outstanding your work is uh is most impressive so uh great minds will come together always <laughs> um so i would love to know a bit more about your background uh, and your journey it's so, so it's such impressive i mean please <laughs> let us know it, it's it's been a journey you're right and most of it has revolved around Uh, evolving into management and leadership. I have, uh, before technology, but as excellent background, I had two industries uh, that I came from. The first one, which was outstanding training, was in aerospace. And I worked actually with quality control systems in engineering with uh, Martin Marietta, which is part of Lockheed Martin. And I think that was absolutely one of the best environments, uh, Yelp, in that they work as teams. They have always worked on teams because it was projects and it was people building together. Uh, it, it was yeah. an experience that I think is a hallmark yeah. of how you explore and build in the future. So first industry was aerospace. And then because uh, they were going through declines economically, I got into healthcare, but not on the clinical side. Uh, in heading up for corporations, I was getting my master's in business, and I headed up uh, the human resources department. And in that role, I ended up serving in California uh, on the national board for the Society for Human Resource Management and did a lot of work on product human productivity, which leads to a lot of what I've been doing since. And for the last 20 years, uh, my own company has been working with building organizational solutions. And the last, since technology, for the last 15 years, I started working with data and information, and we've been building partnerships on the use of information 
data sharing and how people and industries can advance with that. So it fits in with some of the goals that you folks have had because I believe two things. Uh, economic growth, even before the pandemic, had changed and we were, some people were running off of old resources that no longer worked in business models. Indeed. And what were the new business models, even as we started into sustainability, that definition to me was what can create value, what can generate economic growth, and where can you, so you don't have a zero-sum game, where can you add to the picture? And so it was finding a way as a system uh, uh, organizationally. And then one other final piece to answer your question, I was recruited to start teaching as a senior adjunct faculty in management and organizations and business. And so I've been an adjunct faculty member in relating to how what we're learning, how we're advancing our education, and I've been tracking with that. So I've been bringing those pieces together. And of course, the last 10 years with technology, it's just exploded. And in the last year, uh, our reliance on our corporate abilities and people and how we can rebuild the future have just been the emphasis. So it's an exciting time, but that's been my background. Excellent. Fantastic. Impressive. Thank you. I mean, well, I, I haven't been bored. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that uh, it's such because we can make things better. It's been an unending quest uh, to continue to contribute what we each can and collectively can uh, to deal with with situations and how we're living, working, making money, and uh, and running organizations. What means the crisis for you at that point? Uh, in what, terms of you want in terms of leadership, in terms of um, vision, um, did the crisis change your mind or yes? Tell me about yes. it. Yes. I was, and I'm a believer, and you'll hear this, and you heard this in my earlier work, that I believe the power to change ties in with economics and the use of resources. Because if you don't change that, you just have a lot of ideas. What is positive, so I've been building that infrastructure, what the crisis has brought out is how alive but dormant Asleep has been the human capacity for empathy, relating human to human, Definitely. human to consumer, and how, in fact, there's even a, a, a new PhD, there's a book out called The Science of Kindness, how rethinking what we're building has to go back to around people, the values, the simplicity of the basics of life so which is why i keep focusing on change we have to change our thinking first and then find new answers together uh, in order to deal with the uncertainty we've been faced with 
Right, right. And we need each other. We need each other to do it. Exactly. I was just jumping on the fact that we have the human to human relationship, but we do have also the human to nature and to environment relationship that has to change literally. Absol- absolutely, y'all. And and I had the privilege, you know, yesterday was uh, Earth Day yeah. uh, around the world, and the nature the Nature Conservancy you'll like this, appreciate this point, had a all-day session on Wednesday. I participated in two of the sessions. One of them was with Dr. Jane Goodall, who has done the work in Africa with the chimpanzees. She's 87, and she has written a book about the future, to your point, Yell, about the reason for hope is life every animals seeds plants our environment that is our future exactly um and i try to define it as a point of awareness and i would like to emphasize on that because i feel that people need to better understand what's going on with within the environment but also outside the environment how the impact how the planet looks like back from 50 years ago and where we are going through to reach out, you know, 2050, 2070. I, I mean, yesterday there was an announcement by um, the President Biden that there is somehow a lot of efforts towards better understanding and shaping the future. But what is yes. needed today um, is really meaningful, first of all. It's not only about the SDGs or the ESGs, it's also about ourselves. Um, yes. and, and that's related, you know, exactly to what you said several times. It's how can we endorse the responsibility? How, what do what should we do actually? What are the pillars for the next steps? And the essence of that actually even began. What's exciting that your leadership, our work, our hopeful collaborations can accomplish is uh, about fourteen months ago the uh, corporate. Business Roundtable changed the language and the priorities of industry to uh, not putting shareholders first, putting stakeholders first. And that, you put that together, it will give us a a focus and a balance on how we have to uh, look at what we do, make decisions, make the changes to improve. We've shown in the last year, we all need that to survive, let alone to thrive. I fully agree. Um, Related to the stakeholders, capital, and from what we've been through and what we inherited from the past 50 years back to the previous point, today there is a serious change to implement inside the corporations as, you know, the capital markets to decide in better ways to um, embark also the teams, you know, the multidisciplinary teams that are really needed today um, with diverse focus, more inclusion, um, more equality that are going to be really helpful to evolve and to produce better and even grow better and more. The point here, um, you know, regardless the crisis today, what should we teach to the kids, to the young generation? What what do they need um, to learn to embark on that journey? 
What is the most Excellent. needed? Excellent question. It uh, uh, first of all, humans have to be at the forefront of it, and and in fact, even with technology, the right effective business use of technology is augmenting human intelligence. So it, we've got to get away from a zero-sum game of winners and losers. Uh, we have to learn how to change the role of humans. And so back to young people today, knowledge, it does, whether it's a formal degree or gaining knowledge, knowledge is the key to the future. Continuing to learn. Continuing to learn means to know more than what I know to learn what we know and even more what we can know and have to know. Because if we do not make uh, lead with human knowledge, we will have people making decisions that without intent or with malice intent will make decisions that favor a few as opposed to the good of the whole. And uh, so knowledge, and learning how to learn, learning different careers, uh, embracing technology, but not just for technology's sake, for a purpose to make things better and to learn from each other. So learning is going to be a lifelong, and that's what's exciting about today. No one has all the knowledge but we continue to learn and learn together. And that even goes back to aerospace. That's how, you know, aerospace put in the United States, put man on the moon, the, the uh, robots this week on Mars with the um, uh, accomplishments yeah. there. That's how we make any breakthroughs. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I fully agree. And I, still do think you know with a background of uh coding and uh for the past 20 years um i i've seen how technology can help us as human being evolve and not replace us i'm i, I see that Excellent. there is a lot of people afraid about what's going on with AI, ai especially in technology and blockchain and i feel that this fear comes out from the lack of understanding and uh, interest because I do think that technology is still in our hands and we can still decide wherever we want to take it and how we want to use it. And that's something that is somehow missing um, in the horizon. And I see a lot of people afraid about that. What do you think about it? I, I, I think you're absolutely on target. And in fact, that's why I think one of the things that has brought us together on well-being indicators, uh, we have the power to decide now, and it's decisions that will set the road of the future. And technology will not be an enemy if we apply it correctly. Mm -hmm. It can, uh, you're not going to stop it. So it's how we use it, how we apply it, and build the infrastructure that would be like trying to stop the invention of cars or airplanes years ago because we didn't understand it. Uh, that's why our knowledge has to grow in all of the areas so we use it in effective ways. And it's a wonderful tool 
if we will uh, embrace it and use it. Right. A lot of regulation are going to come up with the time about AI, algorithms, ethics, um, yes. the uses, how do we implement in heavy legacy systems um, these tools. And um, with all the biases that we have today, I think we have a lot of work. And the, the young people that underlined earlier, I think that they have a huge responsibility to better understand how it works and how to embrace um, the technology to bring up their diversity, their culture coming from the household, um, connect with each other. We have tremendous tools today to connect with each other in terms of... And, Absolutely. And, and that's, that's something that, that is important. Yeah, so... Well, in, in the infrastructure, I think what we have an obligation to do is create the the framework, yeah. the guidance, the indicators that will help us map. There is an interesting quick definition, and I think it unveils what we're talking about, which is why we have to rethink what we're doing in a different context. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in dealing with managing change, there are three levels of change. And so much of our history around the world and our progress has been developmental change, which that's taking and managing processes to improve results with what exists, developmental change. The second type of change is transitional change, which is I think also where we've evolved with technology, and that's to create a, a new known, a new state based yeah. on what we already know, a yeah. new state of affairs. But here's where I think we're facing now and why we have to put this together different. The third stage uh, type of change is transformational change. That is where there's an emergent state that is unknown where we're going until we create it. And it's co-created. Okay? So if all what I've seen with technology and, and your expertise on this and your leadership with your company is excellent on this, is we've explored uh, all the capabilities of technology but we haven't moved to a higher level of decision-making. We don't need to use all the capabilities of technology. We need to pull the capabilities to solve problems in certain areas, reframe them. We have to learn, test, verify, and refine, or we'll never, we'll never break out of this limit, either of who are the winners and who are the losers, or what you see with technology now, particularly with AI, we tell people how to manage the, the process, but then you, if you don't connect it with how is, it, how is it implemented, who knows how transparent is it, what's the governance, how it affects the stakeholders, and you build accountability, as you said at the beginning, for decision-making for how it's used and how it affects people, then we're going to be restricted. And that would be like going through life, learning what we learned as a child and never learning more to solve bigger problems. So exactly. in my view, 
we're in transformational change and it goes beyond what we've been doing and we have to discover what we don't know and then learn how to learn to create the states we want and what kind of cross-domain expertise we need and we have that's where we have to have leadership that helps people learn and make decisions together we have a lot of history on the past and it's served us well but now with technology with the economies even before the pandemic and clearly now with the pandemic we have to reshape and with esg issues we have to look at what we've been doing that we need to change and learn what where and how to create the capabilities to change because back to sustainability my definition is it's the organizational and individual capacity to learn and grow and create value exactly. not just consume absolutely a hundred percent and thank you for such a wise description because i think the state of now as we are getting almost out the outside of the crisis we're not there already but we're getting there i think that is somehow a new starting point for humanity to better understand what's happening in the moment in the current moment precisely not what has been done in the past but how to envision and to build together what's going on despite the downsides from coming out from the pandemic and all the insecurities that we have with healthcare and financial um, environment but we do have to use um, these downsides and as opportunities to build together and I think that the structural um, aspect of the new systems because they're going to take maybe five to ten years ahead um, right. have to be really focused on outcomes that can help us as human beings survive and live in a better way not only on the physical uh, philosophical side but also on in on the moral and the physical aspects that we need as human being to evolve it can be you know the, the most important point here are about the food um the the water and all the resources uh, the primary resources that we need um thanks to what nature is providing us but also how we can produce as human being um and i think that highlights pretty much and completes your point um, here, and and yes, thanks to the to thanks to thanks to initiatives such as the well-being initiative, it's very important. Absolutely, and then the one uh, two points to reinforce uh, the value of what you you're you're saying, y'all, is that uh, number one, it's no longer a question which is unique in all of our lives. It's no longer a question of if we're going to change. It's what we're going to change too. So we can throw away all the arguments. Do we need to change? We already have changed. Secondly, and this is the once in a lifetime, all of our lifetimes opportunity. The resources are being reinvested. That's where the corporate angle comes in. And people are realizing to make money, you have to have strong organizations with human capability and capital, environmental, it goes back to the ESG goals. Investors are recognizing if you invest in companies that have 
uh, that don't have the complete picture, they're going to be more of a financial risk. So if we prove and demonstrate that we, and we know we can, it's, it's just a question of putting it together, we can get people to recognize the value of investing in organizations, in leadership, in people, young people, with apprenticeships that, that build off this future together. And it, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I think, now going forward. Absolutely. Um, I highlighted last week uh, with my uh, previous guest about the social enterprises that are just tremendously doing tremendously well in Asia and in India, also in South Africa. It's really important to highlight the work that they are doing to provide somehow new solutions and innovation that are really much needed from the capital markets. And, and somehow I think the new shape of the world should be, regardless of the whole political issues that we have, should be more connected in terms of capital markets to what's going on on the local level, because it's some incremental changes uh, that should be uh -huh. uh, better addressed. Well, now you've got my next point of the vision, Yelv, in that I think that's the glue that can make this work in this way. I think the future is not going to be public or private. I think it's going to be ecosystems that are public-private partnerships. Absolutely. where they all have to be profitable. They It's how they use their profits. But they have to work together. They have different roles. Yeah. But the future, it, it, like the pandemic, has required new and different public par partnerships yes. and private, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's environmental, whether it's health, whether it's economic development. The public-private lines need to become partnerships now yes. for a new ecosystem that recognizes uh, the resources we need, the resources we can do together. Uh, we can't solve our problems without it. Especially because as of today, we see a lot of initiatives coming out from women. A lot of a lot yes. of women are uh, raising their voice, uh, speaking about what's going on on the cultural uh, playground, and are also leading the way to a lot of changes, especially focused on diversity. And that was my ultimate point. That was the ultimate point that I wanted to uh, to address because I think that you have a lot to say about what's going on on that level. Well, thank you. And I think that uh, women have a natural analytical uh, approach as opposed to a power approach yes. and have a, a natural uh, ability on collaboration. And I think those components, and if you even look back at the history of industrial revolutions around all of the world with developmental country, countries around the world, it has been the first wave was based on physical abilities of individuals with agriculture. Those are developmental countries. Uh, the second is 
manufacturing or production or uh, selling goods and services. But now that the future and developed countries are have moved, and this goes back to women in a minute, into service and now knowledge industries. Exactly. That is where it's less physical power of individuals. It's intellectual, it's service, and it's collaborative, which is a different type of leadership. So today, effective leadership and the ability to put ideas into action is not how you can control things. It's how you can unleash the capability to create value, which has more economic results to work with than does a zero-sum game of trying to, again, just increase the productivity uh, of what we have had. And I think women have uh, an ability and a natural ability to lead in these areas and are much more comfortable in collaborations that, that provide a wonderful opportunity going forward. And again, you take Dr. Jane Goodall, who's 87, who has an institute and is an advocate for this. Uh, you take uh, uh, Jenny Rometty, who just retired from IBM, who was an advocate for the education with literacy. Uh, there are some, uh, and I, I had given you the quote, uh, Rosabeth Moss Cantor, who has written the latest book, Think Outside the Buildings, How Advanced Leaders Can Change the World One Smart Innovation at a Time with Harvard Business School. There's some deep thinking that is providing food for thought on a, on a play on words, as well as leadership in these areas. Work that you're doing is forming uh, on sustainability. So I think it's, it's not necessarily even by policy. What I see that's exciting, I think it's by skill, yeah. and it's time is right for that type of leadership. Well, thank you so much for mentioning these ladies and their leadership for, I mean, maybe half a century for uh, many of them. And we saw during the pandemic how uh, crises were led by women, especially went through uh, many, many challenges uh, from countries that we didn't realize they can. And uh, the demonstration today and the proof of concept somehow is about leadership. And to highlight your points is really, regardless the technology and the capacity in terms of funds or um, capital, it's more about really talking about collaboration how to get the right team and the right leaders and the right management towards not only crises, but also during an unstable time, as we're going to have maybe within the next 10 years, uh, a lot of challenges to overcome. I believe that the crisis right now is just the beginning of a long series. Not that I'm not optimistic, but we just have to realize that uh, the world is changing um, and we need to be equipped and prepared for the future. I mean, women today are enough aware of what, about what's going on. 
earlier around, um, not in comparison to any, I mean, uh, to the gender, but because we're somehow equipped to be aware about what's going on in the environment naturally. So this is really important. Um, and, and that's part of the education and the evolution of a women, any, any women that is, uh, that is today leading. Um, so this Absolutely. Is and and the, the demand is so great. I think the barriers, one final point on this, I think the barriers have been restricted so that whoever can create solutions now is needed. Exactly. Uh, and so I think that's a, a unique opportunity for women to step into those leadership roles and need to be willing to do that to show a better way forward so that we can all uh, create, like you said, I think we're starting at a building process around the world. We, we haven't, we've got to learn what now to rebuild with. Absolutely. And it's, it's going to be a lot of work, and but very rewarding because every step we take, it can be an improvement if we make the right decisions. Excellent point. You know, um, I had a chat the other day uh, with several peers about innovation. And I mentioned that I feel that there is a lack of innovation in the world. Um, because yes. today we have, I mean, let's put aside the technology part, uh, whichever is related to data, etc. We're talking about, you know, you spoke about agriculture. We have uh, all the industries that we have to renew. We have how to change the real estate up to, you know, the energy is just adding a, a great journey in, in terms of innovation. But we really need to reshape the world in terms of innovation. It's not about, you know, only putting some um devices on uh buildings it's i'm <laughs> right it's 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 also about you know the views and the vision that we have and how we use the technology to to embed our lives and that's what referring to what we spoke earlier and the thing here is about um how can we use talents especially from women because i i truly believe in leadership uh -huh. in women leadership and, and I think that the vision today is about mindfulness, is about consciousness, is about um, how do we address innovation in a way that is a long term, is um, more resilient and how is to build resilience within and outside uh, the, the frameworks and the systems. Um, I would love to have your take about that. What's, what's the next step to innovate more? Well, I love what you're saying, and, and I'm going to quote and then comment because it fits right in. That book from Rosabeth Moss Cantor on innovation adds the statement that change, and here's the answer that I'm going to comment on, change requires a belief in possibility, and innovation involves uncertainty. The ultimate art of leadership is encouraging people to let go of their fear and the unknown and move towards innovation. And I think that's the point I want to comment on that I relate to. Uh, it, it's not knowing, it's knowing how to know. And so women need to overcome their fears. And, and, and I ask when I teach classes, are you willing to lead beyond what you know? 
Fantastic. on the quality of your ideas, Excellent. on the quality of your leadership, and on your quality to enlarge the capacity of everybody that you're involved with. And it, so that goes back to what I said earlier about change. We're either trying to hold on to what we know. And the only reason you said it earlier, y'all, beautifully, it's fear. Yes. So we've got to learn how to get comfortable unlearning. But the fear by learning through uncertainty is a more secure future than hanging on to old ideas and trying to control what no longer works. So my answer would be innovation, it's keeping your eye towards learning and facing the unknown and increasing your skills, your knowledge, and learning how to learn and rely on other people. And that's when we learn how to innovate and those people have a ticket to the future. Thank you for this perfect conclusion, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's something we have to remind ourselves every day, but we, we're naturally wanting to hold on to control. Mm -hmm. But learning is more exciting than, than what we already know.